Are you feeling down? Are you feeling depressed? Are you feeling left out or in the dark? Are you feeling like you don't have your finger on the pulse anymore? Are you feeling like the hobby got sleepy on us? Are you feeling like your wallet is uh, thin? Are you feeling like you have too many games? Are you feeling like you don't even want to go on social media and see the news? Are you feeling like, ah, another auction just came up and I'm not going to bid? I know exactly what you're feeling like. I know these feelings. These are the feelings we're having because we just came off the fastest, biggest, most powerful bull run in this entire hobby and art form. This art form was born in the 40s. It was popularized in the 70s in Silicon Valley. We became gamers in the early 80s and 80s, collectors in the 90s and 2000s. But you know what? We've never really had a run-up like we had. That was exciting, dopamine-driven. Every single day there was economic, business, industrial, just endless auction news that just pumped our portfolios to the moon. And guess what? It's over. It's over. Game over. No, it's not game over. It's bubble over, game over. So looking back, maybe maybe he was right. Maybe he was right. Maybe Carl Jobs was right when he called it a bubble. I disagree, and I think it was more of a money-printing asset bubble. And I think uh, we printed north of $40 trillion, which was far beyond Lehman. Too big to fail if you were, uh, you know, on your own back then. And that's another theory I have about this bubble because I see kids coming into our hobby every single day. I see a lot of excitement. I see lots of energy questions like before. I see activity taking place, but it's on the down low because it's on a lower price point. It's $30 games, $50 games, $70 games, $100 games. That's where all the action is. And it's just not exciting, right? Are we old? Are we getting old? Are we out of touch? Is this just uh, a big hangover? Giant dopamine detox? Well, there's all kinds of things you could call it. And my job is to guide you through and give you strategies, tips, and tricks to keep your portfolio strong, even during a downturn, a crash, a bear market, a decline whatever you want to call it. How long is this going to last? I don't know. Some people say two to three years. I do know this. After Lehman hit in 2008, I watched real estate come down 9, 10, 11. There were some properties in some Western United States that hit bottom in 2011, others 2012. So it took three to four years to bottom out. The question is, when do you start buying? Do you buy at the bottom? Can you time the bottom? Or do you buy on the way down, such as dollar cost averaging? I know somebody that's been in the hobby for quite a while now, very consistent, very um, determined to build a portfolio of a very specific group of, um, let's call it a circle of competence, games that he's very familiar with, franchises that are very strong, 
and he just keeps buying them. The price doesn't matter. That is one thing you can do during a downturn. It's not necessarily dollar cost averaging unless you are buying for resale. Are you buying for resale? Are you planning to give this away to your kids? Are you planning to donate your portfolio to a museum, nonprofit, so there's no taxes? Are you going to will it so there's no taxes? Or are you going to open a game shop? No matter what you want to do, you definitely want to protect the downside and maximize the potential of your collection. And that's the difference between this podcast and the others. We talk about valuations and all the things that can affect value. So welcome to the game gallery where we talk about industry and all the businesses, players, and things going on out there in the business world that's non-emotional that affect the value of your collections. So welcome in. This is a beta test. We uh, just recorded 22 minutes on podcastle.ai and it disappeared. It went blank. So I guess I'm starting over. Just like I say, play life like a video game. Get back up. We're going back to Spotify. We're going to record this. I assume there's an echo. I don't know if Spotify is using AI. And then I will go ahead and download this upload it into Adobe. That should remove any of the background noise and see if we can um, come up with some topics during the dopamine detox. So yeah, it's not fun anymore, right? So for me, doing this professionally full-time, making minimum wage over the years, yeah, if it's not fun, it's pretty grueling. But if you're completely on the sidelines, that's not fun either, right? You're just sitting there waiting for games to come back. What if you're on the sidelines for two, three, four years? We used to call it a buyer's market. It was fun when the bubble popped and we were coming down 40, 50, 60, 70% fast because we were still buying. Most of us were still buying going, damn, that's a deal. But looking back today, almost half the year gone in 2023, I'm seeing lower lows left and right. There's very few pieces that um, you can flip and do arbitrage like before, make profits and um, watch your game go up in the next auction. Most likely it's going to go down, which means why would you want to buy it? And, and naturally the stuff that's not crashing as fast is the stuff that doesn't come up every week. If it comes up every auction, are you bidding on it? So the question is, who are the bidders? Where are the bidders? Where have they gone? I know in the sports card industry, people coming out, you know, in and out of that, like revolving doors, uh, you know, crypto stocks and all the other markets, maybe not real estate and hard assets, but people come in and out all the time. People rotate all the time. It's not an emotional thing where you're going, oh, gosh, you know, the debt ceiling thing, and uh, I'm going to go in and out, in and out. You're not taking that emotionally, right? You're not saying, oh, it's my fault that uh, the government is in so much debt and the debt ceiling, um, you know, affected the markets. So I think the difference between Game Gallery and the other podcasts out there is n assumption number one, we are dealing and collecting and investing in fine art, fine popular art. So it's, it's a different level of collecting. It's not just collecting magazines like I did as a kid that cost me two or three bucks a pop. And they were battered and torn by the time I was done with them. Um, 
And then the second assumption is that the stuff that affects the value of fine art, fine popular art is industry. It's not emotion. I know there's an emotional connection between, you know, fine art and the buyer, but really at the end of the day, what determines the hammer price is supply and demand. And what determines demand is industry, business, and players. On the buy side, optics is a big thing, in, you know, in a, in a world of Instagram and Facebook hitting you on the head constantly. I just learned that my videos hit you on the head 10 times more effective than a picture. So I might not even do pictures. I might just not do pictures anymore. So all the pictures I uploaded, all two, you know, two to three to 5,000 pictures I uploaded over the last three years are moot. Waste of time. That's how early we are in this hobby. That's exciting. What's exciting is that we have a runway. We have a really long runway. There's not a lot opportunity if you want to become a stock trader tomorrow or a crypto trader or a or a foreign currency trader. You need to have some sort of expertise, some industrial experience, some business experience. You can't just jump in. Games, anyone can jump in last year. Anyone can jump in two years ago. Anyone can jump in five, 10 years ago. You wouldn't get hurt. Nobody got hurt. It was easy peasy. And that's why you're feeling down. Easy peasy is gone. The easy money's gone. The easy appreciation is gone. The eye candy popping out week after week is gone. The supply is gone. The demand is gone. It's flat or going down. It's boring. It's, it's, uh, it's, it's kind of like a giant hangover. And the only good thing about a hangover is that it always goes away, right? When you're, when you're, hugging that toilet, you drank too much, you're puking your guts out, you think it's never going to end. Or if you have the flu or whatever, you think it's never going to end. But hopefully, most likely, in this case, it's going to end. These tough times we're going to look back on and say, damn, I should have bought more. Man, I should have done that. I should have done this. So I think Bezos is right in many ways when he talks about going into the elderly homes, talking to elders when he was thinking about starting an online bookstore, leaving a cushy Wall Street job, and asking them, you know, what are your regrets? And he calls it acts of omission. The, the theme across the board, if you talk to elders, and we're talking 70, 80-year-olds, my parents are boomers. Boomers are, you know, boomers are up in the 80 70 to 80 year old range right now. It could be 90. Um, it's acts of omission. It's things that they regret they did not do. You never regret the things that you do because over time, I'm an old man and I can attest to this. Over time, you accept your life as a canvas and that's you. You can't look at the canvas and say, oh, Let's cut that out and say that was a mistake and just delete it. You can't do that. Life is a journey. It's a canvas. You accept it all. You have to accept it all. Um, get sober, work out, take care of your health, take care of your family, look at your life. And that's the only way to look at it from a sober perspective. So what's missing are these ghost 
phantom acts of admission. These are things that you could have done, you wish you had done, you almost did, you wanted to do, but things like maybe peer pressure, family pressure, geographical pressure, cultural pressure, economics, business pressure, industrial pressure, uh, social media pressure, dopamine, maybe drugs and alcohol, mental illness. There's all kinds of things that can give us an excuse to not do something. I have been unable to sleep because I have been thinking about the rebranding to Game Gallery. And the decision was, should I just give up? This is the third iteration of this tiny little podcast. I know the people that love it really love it. But on the other hand, it's never going to become an Amazon, an eBay, a Heritage. You know, how many people actually think about their video game collection in the world as a portfolio? Is it point zero 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 zero? I mean, there's 8 billion people. Is there 8 people that think this way? Maybe 80 that are on the fence. So I apologize for not producing content because just like you, I'm hungover. I'm hungover from 100-hour weeks, dopamine-driven, when you couldn't keep up with the amount of messages coming in for people that wanted to do a deal, had a question, people to help, people to connect to, grow the community, help the community. It was just so rewarding. And today, um, you know, I might get one message a day of, of a potential deal if I'm lucky. So I've often thought about, well, the podcast doesn't bring in any money. It's a waste of time. Um, it's a bad business proposition. Uh, game investing never worked out. Power collectors never worked out. Game galleries, this little, you know, eBay store. Should I just quit power collectors? What should I do? And I guess if I'm going to be up here preaching, don't quit, then I can't. So as I get older, I don't want to look back and say, man, I shouldn't have canned the podcast in 2023 when the bubble popped and there was no excitement in the hobby anymore, right? You can come up with all the excuses in the world. It doesn't matter. My job is to come up with tips, tricks, and strategies to keep you going, playing life like a video game getting knocked down and getting back up. That's what it's all about, getting back up. So if you're on the sidelines, I'm here to help. If you're dabbling, I'm here to help. If you're reselling, I'm here to help. If you're trading, I'm here to help. I'm still in the market. I'm still doing deals every day. Hit me up. I'm ready. I'm building a website, gamegallery.net. If you're new to the channel, you can uh, get a map and strategy there to connect with all the players in our industry. And we're talking about multiple industries now. We're talking about Nintendo opening up theme parks. We're talking about uh, Nintendo opening up the Nintendo Cinematic Universe. We're talking about people crossing over in the comic book realm, movie-based stuff. We're talking about people looking at us from sports cards as their world comes crashing down, wondering, 
we're talking about multiple platforms dabbling and trying to get into the game, but kind of hemming and hawing. It's a really weird place in the hobby right now. But I've seen this in uh, the sports card industry. I had stores back in the day, and I had many, 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 many customers that came in, charged their credit cards up the yin-yang, and then just disappeared. It was commonplace. It was very, very commonplace to, uh, to see people come in and out of the hobbies. It's just like the markets. People come in and out of stocks, in and out of crypto, in and out of uh, most soft assets. You don't see people come in and out of real estate as much. And I would consider video games a hard asset now. And, and we're, you know, we're early. And that's the best thing about this hobby is we're early and we have such a long runway. We have a runway that I think is longer with more potential than any other pop culture artwork on the planet. I'm a, I'm a long-term bull and um, I can't quit. So play life like a video game. Get back up, slap yourself in the mirror and wake up. Yes, this is a bust cycle. This is a bear market. This is a downturn. This is a potential global recession. This is bad times. Yes, but that means there's opportunity. And we'll talk about those. So hit me up on the DMs. Let's talk about uh, tips, tricks, strategies, opportunities, how to seize this time in the hobby. Because believe me, when you're 60, 70, 80, 90, and you think back to Carl Jobst and his comment about the bubble, thinking to yourself, you know what? That young man was actually right looking at us across the pond from Australia. We were in a bubble. It was the most exciting bubble of my entire life. And then you ask yourself, do you want to be the 70 or 80 year old that had quit right after the bubble popped? Or do you want to be the 70 or 80 year old that was 40 when the Carl Jobs video hit? You almost gave up when you turned 41. You started dabbling when you were 42. You went hard back into the market in 43. And by 50, you were sitting on a seven-figure museum collection. That's what it's all about. So I'll catch you in the next episode. Um, give me positive reinforcement on the DMs, and I will, I will do my best to continue this uh, project online in the audio world now let's see if we can download this into adobe and upload it back to spotify add a little effect here and um, keep this podcast going